Welcome back to another edition of the Started Up Podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. Today, like most Fridays, we have on another student from the Innovate Within cohort today. Sarah Schaefer from Go Plant It is on. Sarah's discussion today is deep and meaningful. If you have a uh, freshman in college, have them listen to this. Or if you have an entrepreneurial kid and they're in high school, have them listen to this. She goes over the realities of what is life like after high school and some of the difficulties in transition. Um, It is not easy wanting to run your own company and be a full-time student, and she really gets to the heart of the matter on this one, so I think you're going to love it. Uh, Her honesty and her transparency on this were just just amazing. If you want to get a hold of Sarah, again, the description notes has her contact information. But I will stop talking and introduce you to Sarah Schaefer of Go Plant It. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Don. So, since you've been on the last podcast, which, by the way, nice podcast, got some good feedback on it, you described what you guys were doing. The second one I've been kind of going through, talking to people about the realities of when people launched, they were either seniors in high school, a couple of them were juniors, and, and then they, they, they hit the ground running over the summer. It is no longer summer. Tell me about some of your realities. Um, the first thing that's a slap in the face is how m- much more difficult it is to schedule meetings because, um, like, I mean, like Kevin has a full-time job and wife and kids and his kids have commitments and mm. um, Luna has to be at school all day so we can't have meetings when I'm like on my lunch break or something like that. You can't just have a meeting at like 11.30 in the morning. So there's like such a small gap after school gets out that you can meet um and then just like with school and work and there's a lot more um like time commitments already made so like finding those little um like spaces in your week to have meetings is kind of difficult um also like just the workload of school and um i know luna's been talking a lot about this and it's just like over the summer when you don't have school like you don't have school work and so she's like I literally go to work all day and then I come home and I have to do my schoolwork and then I'm like, all right, it's time for bed. And if there's like no time for go plant it. And um, I mean, I feel the same way too. Like when I spend my entire day from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. in Indianapolis, the last thing I want to do is come home and answer emails. Um, but it's just like, no, but you have to. let's talk about that though, because I mean, you know, if there's one thing I didn't want to do, with not just the class, the foundation, whatever, is to paint this picture that everybody should be an entrepreneur and that it's fun and easy. Um, and, 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 and to credit some of the people that are hype on this stuff, for the most part, they also warn of the trappings as well, that it's lonely, that it's not as fun as you may think. Um, and it's also not the, inst- like, you know, borrowing from Gary, like it's not the Instagram I'm an entrepreneur. Well, what do you run? I run an Instagram. <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but like, there's not as much work to do. You making a post four or five times a day isn't, I mean, not as difficult. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, for, for the people that didn't necessarily listen last week, explain what GoPlantit does, and then we're gonna, I'm going to dive deep in what you've been up against here lately. Uh, so GoPlantit is an environmental organization. Um, 
and at our roots we're a tree planting service uh, but we also have a lot of educational facets um, and uh, environmental programs and so uh, our first environmental program is called warm glow um, it gives you that warm glow inside when you do something good for the environment and others around you um, encouraging you to engage in your community and to uh, be responsible for your carbon footprint and now all of a sudden well first of all like some of your some of you guys the plans you've done are great the video you guys did especially with the talking trees i i <laughs> at first i was like okay where is this gonna go it was awesome Thanks. um daniel does really great videos and, yes. and the script everybody wrote was awesome um but you guys started getting some good feedback and it fit and it felt there good for a while and you admitted like you've hit a wall now based on what you just said um, let's like what have been some of the like root causes and and quite frankly what are you guys gonna do to I mean just all sitting around and going yeah this sucks or yeah. this is harder than I thought you know you got to dust yourself off yeah. what's the dust yourself off uh, strategy um, well I think the biggest thing like the reason that we're sorry I think the reason that we're in like the dusting yourself off phase is um, I think it's really easy to like get excited and to like have all of these like big ideas and um, and then you like actually start working on them and then you're like oh shit <laughs> this isn't as easy as you thought it was gonna be or it didn't work out as well as you thought it would or um, my email that I thought was gonna reach 20,000 people reached 20 people <laughs> um, because like one thing or the other didn't end up happening and um, people said they're gonna help you but then they really don't um, so now we're just kind of in a position where we're like, okay, well, that was fun, like networking with a bunch of empty promises from people. Um, so it's like, okay, well, I guess we're just gonna have to move forward with what we have and what we have is data. And I think that that, I keep telling like the other members of my team is like super valuable. Like looking at like the kinds of people that go to our page and um, like directing our content towards them because right now what we have is our content and like directing it towards the people that are going to see it so like using the instagram like analytics to like engage those communities um and then like also working with other people and so moving forward with like our warm glow initiative instead of trying to just like throw something out there and hope people grab onto it like i think we need to take more of like a local directional approach um and then after we've kind of engage the local community then kind of work on spreading like the message to other parts of like indiana okay and growing from there and tell me about some of the like where are you guys at with the the fourth grade initiative fourth. um so we were supposed to do it on october 5th um but just a bunch of things happened like without throwing people under the bus but we're gonna have to do it after fall break um and i actually um it being what are you guys gonna do Oh, it's like we're going to be, be um, so we're going to have the fourth grade class of Promise Road Elementary and like by fourth grade class, I mean like every, like all five of the fourth grade classrooms and we're going to split it up in the morning and the afternoon. So there's not like a hundred kids in a room running around because that's scary. Um, and so basically there's going to be stations. So we partnered with um, Purdue Extension and we're hoping to get um, like a master gardener and uh, someone who does stuff with bees and like a soil and water person and what's really great about that is those people like already have kind of their like program like um, when I do stuff with kids like this is what I do um, so I think that it's going to be really valuable because it's kind of proven to work and it's going to be like valuable for the kids and then 
Um, my favorite thing to do, like, environmental is teach kids about how, like, when you put water into the water system, how it impacts all of the water around the world. Um, and, like, I have this little activity. So, essentially, the kids are going to be split up. Um, there's going to be, like, approximately, like, 40 to 50 kids in the large instruction room. And then we're going to be, like, having these stations. Um, and then there's going to be teachers to kind of, like, lead discussions while they do the tasks to, like, like talk about why this is important. And then at the end of the day, the kids are going to go home with a treat. Awesome. And, uh, like, moving. So, uh, obviously, you said, you know, coming later in October, that's going to be picked back up. Dust back up. Okay, cool. Um, you, you said a lot of things earlier, though, that, that I wanted to kind of go back over. And that, uh, and I heard it in your voice, just some of the frustration that can kick in with your daily life. And we've talked before about what people sometimes expect and living up to those expectations. And for a lot of students, this is where it, it gets awkward in the sense that they have their thing, but yet they also have their job at, I'm being super specific, I mean generic, and, and this isn't you, but like they have their job at Walmart or they have their job at you know whatever, retail, whatever. And the demands of that and the demands of sometimes they're full-time college students, sometimes they're not. Um, but I, I've, and I'll probably even have on Luke, this, I know that at, like everybody says they wanna be an individual and everybody says I wanna do things differently. But there's always that thought in your head of I'm doing things differently and am I doing, am I, is this right? Kind of always questioning yourself. Um, are you going through a bit of that? Yes. <laughs> um. I just think, I mean, I think there's always been this, I've always been how I am. Like I've always been loud and like um, vocal about like what I believe in and like what I think is important. And um, from like a very young age, I always would tell people that I wanted to be the president. And for a very long time, like that was my goal. And I was like, I interned at the state house like several times a year and like did the little like page program and like I was like okay well I'll be a lawyer because like that's what politicians do is they become lawyers but I always knew that like I didn't want to do that like I thought that I just had to do it because like people have to do things in their life that they hate and then like I was going to get to what I wanted to do so I was like I'll go to law school and I'll spend years and years in school and then I was like I already hate high school so like why would I like to go to school for six years to get my law degree and like and then and then I started taking your class and you like justified all of my reasons why I didn't want to do what I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't need to go to law school to be the president. And it's just like, well, Donald Trump's our president. And so like, it's just like, um, I don't know, people build up all of these expectations. And when you say that you want to do something, it's like they have this preconceived idea of like what they want you to be. And yeah. especially when you're someone's parent and they're like, I know at the end of the day, they just want the best for you. But it's like it's almost just as stressful for you to hound me about achieving those goals than it is for you to like not give a shit about your kids. It's like, why is like yeah. the happy media? No, I, I, I was eavesdropping um, on a conversation in an airport and it was awkward and funny um, because I wanted to jump in several times and come to the kid's defense and you know, me being a teacher and I was like, listen to your kid. But the dad was hounding his son because um, he was clearly disappointed. And like they're about ready to go on vacation. I think he was holding it above his head that like you won't be able to go on vacations like this because 
you don't you don't want to get a real job and so the son was going over the logic of a real job and he's like dad you don't even like what you do he goes aha but it pays well and so he's like i would rather die than work in your cubicle and he's like you know son look and, and here's the biggest difference between and, and again i'm gen x right so i was the mtv generation we had big dreams but we still were that last generation that still hold on to that lifetime employment mentality. That if you got a job at GM or Procter & Gamble, daggone it, you stay there for life. And, but I also know a lot of people that have golden handcuffs. You know, golden handcuffs, all right? You're, you know, you got this good paying job. And so you're like, if I left it, that's just foolish. But man, I hate what I do. Yeah. And so you live for the weekends kind of thing. And so the son was saying, you know, I, I would rather die than be in your cubicle. And, and, and then finally the dad goes, you know what? If you work really hard, you too can retire at 55. And so this son goes, I would rather work at Starbucks and be happy than make good money and be depressed for the next 50 years. And then the dad goes, you just don't understand. And the kid goes, no, you don't. And it, it, it took all I could to not like go over those line of black chairs that you can't lay down with the stupid armrests. Thank you, airport. <laughs> you never can let people spend the night. But like I wanted to go, like I wanted to jump over and like, please listen to your son. Because I understood, like, and, and by the, for the record, I understood both sides. All the dad really wanted to, to say to him is, I want you to have financial security. But Gen Z and millennials have a different outlook. If they can eke out enough living for them to get out of their parents' basement and be a barista, so be it. Here's the thing that scares me, Sarah, is that barista job is going away in about seven to ten years. You know, you know, I, my, my, one of my really good friends just did a video. He walked into the Amazon store and walked out, and it, everything was paid for. Zero employees there. Really? Yeah, it's scary. That's really not. You have to scan in, and basically anything you walk out with, it just knows. Like, it, it's with you. So it charges you on the way out. Hmm. And the same thing, the, the automated McDonald's there, I think it's in Phoenix. No employees. The burgers are flipped mechanically. Everything's done for you. Like Probably the most efficient McDonald's in the I, state. No, it is. It is. And no, no one calls in sick. <laughs> and so, like... That is the thing that I'm scared for your generation is that people that have an ideal of, you know, people before profits, blah, 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 and I'll just work this job to get me through. What if that job's going away? And that's the thing that, that kind of bugs me because in some ways, dad was right. Get a comfortable job and then you don't have to worry about anything. Okay, but dad, those jobs may not be around. And the son was like, I'd rather just get a low level job and son, those jobs aren't going to be around. So both people were arguing on things that might not be there. But at the heart of it was happiness. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so simplistic. And every now and then, you know, even you know, a couple of parents were like, well, you just make things sound so simple. And I'm like, you're right. There's complexity in everything. However, in the pursuit of doing what you do, I have just over time noticed people, no matter what they make, if they're happier, life's better. And if they're doing something that they feel compelled to do, 
they don't look back and go, sure, I could have made $85,000 doing this, but I'm happy with $40,000 doing that. Um, I, walk me through, because it seems like right now you're right at that, you're, you're on that line. Like, you, you, you know, we've talked before on air and everything else, and like, you kind of have this uneasiness of, am I doing it right? And yet at the same time, you look at the alternative and go, I don't know. Walk me through that. Well, I think the first thing I want to say is my job literally could be replaced today. Like Enterprise could install a car wash and my job would be non-existent. Um, and that's just something else. But Full disclosure, though, you said you like working for them. They're oh, nice. yeah. yeah. I, that's probably the f- best job that I've ever had. And um, I will say the reason that I think I enjoy working there is because I'm working with educated people. Mm-hmm. I've, because just the nature of a stupid teenage job, you work with uneducated people and I can't stand how like dumb people are. And (laughs) it's refreshing to work in an environment where people are like well-spoken and educated and have problem solving skills. Truth, respect. Yeah. And it's not like I'm just a a clock in and clock out to you. Like I'm a member of your team and like you value me anyways. Um, uh, but I think, I think what's so stressful is like. Um, like, yeah, like as much as I'd like to just like go to Volkswagen and like buy a VW bus and like live out of my car for the rest of my life, I think eventually like I would get bored because I know that I have a greater purpose in life and I was brought on this earth to like facilitate change in this world. And, um, but it's, it would be easy just to be like, okay, well, I'm not responsible for anybody. And if I fail, then I'm not disappointing anybody. And um, if I like fill in the blank, it's not impacting anyone other than myself. But it's like, I would just get bored. I'd be like, okay, like this is stupid. I'm so glad you said that because I mean, I, I make that point a lot. Sometimes I'll do it in class and talk about it. Sometimes just in individual counseling. And I'll even ask them like, you know, if you won a lottery that's not too big, let's just say, four million dollars which believe it or not wouldn't like at your age you could not well, retire. the government gets half right so that two, two million now you're down to two and yes i understand you'd buy that house a and Bugatti. maybe right and, and and then all of a sudden well but which by the way it always works out this way you blow through a lot of it and then you realize you don't have enough and then the people that thought that they liked you know no longer like you and it ends up being awful but aside from that if i said you know what would you do and the first people's reaction is like, oh, man, I would just go to the beach and drink margaritas. And I'm like, okay, play that out. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, so day one, beach, margaritas. Day two, beach, margaritas. When is that going to get old? And then people are like. Like probably a month. You're like, yeah, it really, yes, yeah, a good point. It'd get old quick. Right. And so I like the fact that you're acknowledging that it'd probably get old after a while. Because if we got in a van and traveled the, like, the country with a purpose, like if we were going to cities and implementing like a no straw like legislation and like lobbying for like whatever, but just like being in the van and like existing, right. like, that would be so cool. You'd get after you. But, you know, everything you've then said, like uh, the purpose you had is your life. And, and I think that's, that's what it's been interesting watching you grow and at times struggle but what I would invite you to do is take a look at the fact that if if what you're doing is bringing you value and bringing others value and it's something you believe in, again, easy for me to say, because I'm a 46-year-old guy, but I do have three children. But like, if you have that purpose 
and you have that drive, I think that you're, you know, ahead, ahead of what most people are. But, but I say, like, I totally acknowledge it. And I, and you know, you're not the only former student has come to me and it says, okay, I'm taking these risks. And at times it doesn't feel right because some of my other contemporaries are in their sophomore or junior year at said state university and they seem to be happy. And I'm like, oh, this, and by the way, maybe they are. And I have no qualms with some people doing that traditional route. Um, and, but a lot of times they'll talk to the people that are 27. And, uh, I think that even a lot of people are 27, they're like, you don't have to, you don't have to do the traditional route. And you can always like pick up classes here and there when you're 27 and 32. Well, the thing, the thing that when the whole college thing and like the thing that keeps coming like back to me is like, I was at this party for my aunt and, um, I was talking to this lady and I was like, you know, I really am just not excited to start my first semester and like, I think it's gonna be awful and a waste of time. <laughs> and she's like, well, like, you know, she literally started the sentence off with, I, I don't really think that my college degree had any value, but I still encourage you to get one. And I'm like, can you, can you repeat that back to yourself? <laughs> because that literally makes no sense. Yeah. You're literally telling it's, me to- It's chasing safety, yeah invest four years of my life yeah and if i was a regular student i would be paying lots of money yeah. like i didn't have any tuition or housing fees and i still probably paid like two and a half grand to go to college well it, to be fair to be fair this is what I, in, in my humble opinion a lot of people i think mean it's your last chance to play pretend that you're an adult and you're not and and it fair point my wife who wants my oldest to go and Abe is not sure yet but she's like at minimum you're gonna go and be around people your age and not have to have the responsibilities of doing the nine-to-five yet because the rest of your life could be a nine-to-five and I understand that point however and this is by no means what we'll be bragging but between my my mom and dad and myself and Alicia we have put away college money. It's paid for. Like, thank you, Chuck and Sue Wetrick. But like, it's paid for. So if 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 you hers if hers well, but but like so if if it's if it's our choice to like almost force them to go, she's responsible for none of the bill. What gets me hot and bothered is when a parent is like browbeating a child of like, you better go. Well, then how much are you contributing? Well, I can't afford it. <laughs> Asking an 18-year-old to take on a $100,000 debt is, or a $30,000 debt is a, is a heck of a thing. And, and, you know, and again, I, I always feel bad that I always have to backpedal and say, I am a fan of some, like, again, like you weren't going to like go over the list. You weren't going to go into medical mm -hmm. check. You weren't going to go into engineering. Actually, my degree is an engineering technology degree. Really? Mm -hmm. All right. It's organizational leadership. Is it? engineering degree from because I mean those those are the three that I'm like you can't not go you have but, engineering medicine no it's not it's in the school of engineering and technology but it's yeah, not but it's, an engineering right 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 like right. like let's take a step back I'm not right. getting an engineering degree right but like to your I think there's validity though like yeah. it, I'm not going to school to do computer science or like build things uh, I'm not gonna say which college but we have a former student who was teaching his professor things in computer science class. Well, and again, that's, that's not bashing. Thing. My professors all hate me. 
because I'm like, I'm not smart. <laughs> they don't than hate them. you, but you're opinionated. No, what's funny <laughs> is because I say things and they're like, oh, and then they kind of look at their notes and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, like we're not stupid. Like you're not like the almighty like professor and. Or it's sometimes things that they hadn't even considered. And isn't this a sociology class? Aren't we supposed to be considering? Like, the whole point of sociology is to use the scientific method to, like, discover things about society. And if you're closed-minded enough to not be able to accept an opinion about society, why are you teaching sociology? <laughs> and why am I sitting in your class paying you? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, that's what bothers uh, me. I think that's where college academia is starting to get itself into trouble. I totally agree. I'm not going to argue with them on that one. <laughs> so um, kind of wrapping up, I, I, I think that your message is valuable. And this is, you know, A, these Friday ones that we do, we're doing follow-ups and everybody's in the cohort. But it seems that everybody except for maybe two groups has hit a wall. And that wall is the demands of being 18, wanting to do big boy and big girl things <laughs> and not having the time. The demands of college, the demands of jobs, the demands and the pressures of parent expectations, um, all these things are, I mean, they're tough. And I, and, and I think, because, you know, when we, before we started pressing record, you know, like, what are we going to talk about? I just wanted it to be the brutal, honest truth. Like, it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. So um, right now, Sarah's looking deep into the microphone and talking to that 17-year-old girl who's got this plan um what would you recommend them at age 17 to prepare for at age 18. freshman year of college um every single person that you talk to is going to have a freaking opinion about what you have to say or what you believe in or what you want to do or what you want to eat for breakfast and you have to be able to digest those opinions maturely if you want to be taken seriously but at the same time you have to have enough security in your own sense of self and your direction and your beliefs and values and goals for life that you can separate the bullshit from what's real like real advice and real opinions and something that you should seriously consider and to make sure that the people that you're putting in your life are the people that you can talk to and like I literally like for example when I texted you and I was like I need to have like a Don Wedrick talk because when I talk to my parents or I talk to certain people like I know I'm just gonna get like a you're doing great sweetie kind of conversation and it's just like I needed to come and have Don tell me that I suck and like so I can move forward <laughs> thank you question mark no well no but in essence you're saying build a team yeah I mean, well, actually, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> networking, no, build that, build that inner circle. I mean, I, heck, I before we start talking about, like, I, I could not coexist without Hunter in my life, without Jeremy in my life, without Joe in my life, those get without Molly in my life. Um, and of course, my wife and my kids thing. I mean, like, yeah. from a business standpoint, yeah. <clears throat> you're right. I mean, if I don't get things done, unless sometimes Hunter is, when a night, no, he's 20 now, when a 20 year old is browbeating me. Uh, Don, you're behind on these things. So I know I get that. And, and, and I'm glad that you have a network and I'm glad that you have people to talk to. I'm honored that you said that every now and then you want me to tell you, the, you know, <laughs> kick your butt in a submission. But, um, well, I think but it is. It's important to have those people in your life, for sure. Also, like the 17 year old girl, um, when, you, when I took your class in like those first couple of months and you were talking about networking, 
like I didn't understand it and I think that it's okay to not understand and like I think it's just another like tribute to like the failing and like fail hard fail fast thing yeah and it's just like I didn't know how to network and like I was like what does that even mean like just like have friends on social media that don't live in Indiana and you like message them and you're like you're cool thanks for being cool and like it's really about like I think finding dependable people who you like respect and trust and you help them as much as they help you I was I was at a uh, an event yesterday and um and I had the crowd and I said okay repeat after me it's not what you know it's who you know and then they downward fired and goes it's who you know (laughs) and I said no 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 repeat that again but end on a higher note and they're like oh okay let's do it three two one it's not what you know it's who you know not it's who you know because if you have this negative connotation of well oh everybody else can build a network but somehow i'm kept no you're not anybody can build a network and this is the one thing we're gonna we're gonna end on okay. i've had some people that say well it's not what you know it's who you know and i can't build that network because i'm not i don't have the privilege of having of knowing great people i am a i am a teacher in the middle of indiana who has been able to and i'm i'm not saying that's not a blessing it is but like there's nothing special about where i'm at how do you how does sarah how does the 17 year old girl 15-year-old girl, whatever, how did they build that network? If it if it's just that easy of like, well, then let's know. Because that's always my answer. I'm like, well, if that's part of it, it's like, well, it's so, it's so hard because it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, then the answer is the know people. And like, well, it's not that simple. It is. How is that simple for Sarah? Um, I think in the beginning, I thought it was just like, like kind of like throw something out the wall and hope it sticks. And what I found is like the most valuable people that I had my podcast and like the most valuable people that I connected with were people that I genuinely loved. And like the reason that CJ Pearson was on my podcast was because I annoyed the shit out of him for months until he actually was like, okay, yeah, we can do this. So like, you'll stop sending me emails. We had like a chain of like 27 emails because I was like, so when are we doing this? When are we doing this? And it's just like, don't be so consumed about everybody else's network. And like, um, be concerned about like the people that you're adding to your network and bringing you value because if you don't actually care about them, then you're just wasting everybody's time. And I think I'll say something about when Ava's video blew up on LinkedIn, I was having discussions with people and I was like, okay, well like, like who, why am I not talking to the right people? Like why, like what did Ava do? Like what can I recreate to like make my connections more valuable? And it's because the people that she was reaching out to, she actually liked and she cared about. Yeah. It wasn't because she just like got lucky and she had an exciting video that got reshared enough. It was like, no, she really likes these people. And it's like, not that I don't like some of the people that she connect, connected with, but it was just like, I'm, I can't do what everybody else does. I have to do like right. what I like. Well, full disclosure on that. I mean, even Jeremy was like, that was a case study in playing the long term. You know, Ava last year asked for nothing you know, like some people were like, I can't believe that your, your videos blew up on your first and second try. And she's like, I was on LinkedIn for a year and never made a post. I mean, other than people like other than her commenting on other people's posts and like taking in knowledge. So yeah, it's true. And, and, and I think the other thing you said is just your persistence. Like I'm, I'm going to get this done and yeah. I'm going to outlast you. Matter of fact, I, on the podcast here in another week or so, there's a pro football player that was popular when I was a kid or not even a kid in college. And, um, one day he like tweeted back to me and we got into a back and forth and I'm like, be on my podcast. He's like, I will email me in a week. 
and then another week, and another week, and then another week. And so finally, I sent him a Rick Astley meme. I'm like, I'm never going to give you up. I'm never going <laughs> to let you down. And then he's like, uh, uh, okay, good one. All right. And so he's like, anybody that's going to quote Rick Astley, I need to be on the show. So your persistence and your drive is what's going to put you over the top. And so, uh, yeah, you, you've had a really valuable lesson here. And, and I'm hoping when people listen to this, and I'm hoping a lot of teenagers listen to this because not easy, not perfect, but worth it. Thanks so much for being on my show, Sarah Schaefer. 